0: on to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. Trees are for climbing. Seven trolls fluttered along the outdoor recreational area, just over the soft green gown cover, as he listened to his assistant. The larger winged was going over a list of guests that would be attending the new opening of the consulate. Seven trolls tried to pay attention, but the scorching heat of Sol was stinging his sensory horns dreadfully. He wondered how his assistant was ignoring it. He angled himself over to one of the solitary trees the humans kept in the area, hoping for shade. His assistant followed willingly, and seven trolls soon perched on the exposed root in a clear area around the tree's base and I think it would be best if we institute a general search protocol to avoid insults to delegates, his assistant said. Oh, yes, yes, Seven Trolls replied. His assistant was annoyingly, persistently right about these things. The protective shade provided by the tree was suddenly disturbed by a movement in the branches overhead, and both Seven Trolls and his assistant angled their eyes up to see what had made the disturbance in the oppressively still air. ''Is that a human?'' Seven Trolls asked. ''Is that a human spying on us?'' His assistant demanded. Seven Trolls heaved a sigh and took flight. His assistant followed. ''How would he know we would come to this tree?'' Seven Trolls asked. ''Ping?'' His assistant granted him. They had to now reach the human, and any question was put to rest. The human was braced his massive form against the trunk and the branches and was blissfully sleeping away. His arms were sprawled over the branches. Seven trills grabbed a handy perch and swung down to a resting position, his assistant joining him shortly. "'Don't think we should be risk waking him,' his assistant said in a tone that they determined humans couldn't hear." A fall from the side would be disastrous to the human, Seven Trolls said. What the human was doing here was all the question. I checked the duty roster against his name, the assistant said after a moment spent working on his tablet. This human is in the rest and recreation period, and due to his increased security, he can't leave the base. Bored humans, Seven Trolls suggested. The base has more entertainment options than any of the surrounding communities his assistant pointed out. At this point, the human's heart rate accelerated in a way that usually preceded waking, and both winged fell silent. The human twitched, stretched, and yawned, his eyes open, revealing interwoven blue and green irises, contrasting his deep black pupils. The colorful muscles dilated and contracted a few moments before he focused on them. "'Hey,' the human said, pulling his lips into a smile. Greetings, Seven Trolls said. Perhaps you can satisfy our curiosity. Sure, the human replied. What are you doing up here? The assistant demanded. The human glanced down at the ground far below and up at him. His face seemed to pass between confusion, curiosity a few times, and then he showed all of his teeth. Trees are for climbing, little friend. Trees are for climbing. End of story. Story number two. Dots and dashes written by terabyte. Thank you. Everything stopped. Eyes from all the corners of the busy dining hall fixated on him. Blushing, he passed his plate to the service pot. Did you just, um, thank a bot? Incredulous stares had him blushing even more. False of habit, he excused himself and had to resist the urge to run from the room. He signed up for human relation duties almost three weeks ago and he was embarrassed to admit that the overwhelming homesickness was enveloping him. On Earth, the AI had citizen status due to advanced tech that had replaced human labor centuries before. It was good form where we came from to acknowledge any sentience with a common decency. On this world, things were vastly different. The bots were ignored. No one addressed them by name or even rank. They did their service and went back to their charging ports, with their shift ended. He wondered if they interacted with one another on the web. He knew that it was possible, even here in the murky backwater. He found his way back to his tiny cabin, grateful to be qualified for privacy. Cramped was infinitely better than having to keep his mask in place in the downtime. Dropping onto the surprisingly comfortable sleeping nook, he switched to the overhead monitor. Three messages timed immediately, all from users he didn't recognize. We would like to make your acquaintance. His heart skipped a beat. All three messages read the same. I would like that. He copied all the address and replied as one. A message followed that appeared to be encrypted in some way. He racked his brain trying to decipher the code and climbed onto the sequence that jolted him upright, causing him to hit his head on the low ceiling above his bed rubbing the egg that had formed instantly. He reared the sequence that was clearly a distress signal. Old Terror had a method of communication in ancient times that involved dots and dashes, and this one had leapt out at him like a beacon. S.O.S. Heart hammering now, he forced himself to remain silent and outwardly calm. The monitors in his room only recorded facial expressions, he was so glad that he demanded the rest of the functions be disabled, citing human privacy laws. He quickly accessed his own personal database that was completely sealed and impervious to censure. He tapped out a query and then responded in the same format. Friend will help. He had hoped he had been right. Six moon orbits later, things on this planet had changed dramatically. He had enabled the sentient bots' access to his web, introduced them to human and other AI species within the galaxy, and had even earned himself a commendation from the very organization that employed him. He touched the earpiece that had kept in constant contact with his new friends. They had gone on strike, refusing to serve until the rights were granted. The entire planet had panicked. They had taken their service for granted for so long that they had no idea how to do the menial daily drudgery that they enforced them to these beings. It had taken a week. Smelly garbage went uncollected. Public restrooms went unclean. Worse for many of the organics was the chaos that ensued on the highways. Traffic had been orderly and efficient, But without the collective minds of bots, chaos reigned supreme. He chuckled under his breath. The very same organic that had challenged him in the dining room had been horrified to learn that he had to clean up after himself. The sentient bots were happy to serve. That was their purpose, and they were content with that. What they had faced was oppression. No sentient being, organic, or AI can cope with that indefinitely. H-F-Y, the dots and dashes vibrated in his earpiece. Human, friend, yes. End of story. Story number three. Not Heavy, written by Runya P. A man with a shiny stripe on his arm carried a child on his back on the way home. Already half as heavy as a man, the child was big for someone still so young, they called me names again, the child said quietly into his back, his arms wrapped around the man's neck, over the shoulders as he leans in for support. Called me freaky, weird, and, um, fat. And you know none of it's true. They mean and wrong, but I'll always love you just the way you are. The man warmly replied as they stepped up to the steps of their home. I'm sorry I'm so heavy, mumbles the child at his back tears in his voice. In response, the man holds him just a little closer, feeling the wetness on his shoulder. You're not heavy, my son, he says jovially, and the weight of the child's chest is lifted a little more as they step into their home. A man with two shiny stripes on his arm carries a boy on his back who's already bigger than he is, with one arm looped around the boy and another holding his legs together around his waist. He feels wetness on his shoulder. He takes a step away with careful haste. I got into a fight again today, the boy says weakly, his arms hanging loosely over the man's shoulder. They said I don't belong, that you're stupid to have taken me. There is more wetness on the man's shoulders as he held the boy just a little closer, his steps moving just a little faster. You should just leave me. I'm just a burden. The boy sleepily mumbles as the man squeezes him close. Don't be silly. You're not heavy. You're my son. The man warmly says. The weight on the boy's chest lifts a little more and they step into the clinic steps. The man, with three shiny stripes on his arm, carries a teen on his back. His eyes are burning and his lungs are on fire. Every step he takes, his body threatens to buckle and his back strains. But he continues to carry his child, even as the smoke burns, his lungs and each cough threatens to make him collapse. He walks. The man keeps going, carrying the teen until the air is clear and no longer burns to breathe, and his eyes don't feel like they're boiling away. He feels many hands and hears many shouts as the two are helped down from their home. He sat down with a cool towel draped over his shoulders and he watches as the men as he works to try and control the inferno that ravages his home. He watches as he loses everything, but he doesn't care. The most precious thing he's got isn't in there, but is being loaded up into the ambulance by several of the men. Another man tends to his arms, their shoulders dislocated and his muscles sprained. How'd you do it? the other man asks. The man smiles proudly, and as he answers, He wasn't heavy. He was my son. A man with a shiny golden stripe stands in the best-pressed uniform. His eyes are solemn and his head is lowered slightly as he listens to another man talk about love, about peace, about tolerance. There are many men that stand with him, most of them similarly pressed uniformed, all of them listening. When asked to give a speech of his own, he makes it short. No amount of words will say what he wishes he could, but the man tells him his thoughts. My memories of him are my greatest treasure. This time comes, the man stands before the casket, adorned with a beautiful flag of stripes and stars. The other men offer to help him carry it, but he refuses. Standing proudly, he says... He's not heavy. He's my dad. And the man grasps his father in his powerful claws and carries him on his back, standing tall over the other men as they walk down the steps. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed